This episode of Campwire is brought to you by Percussion Play. Percussion Play has created a range of beautiful outdoor musical and percussion instruments that are being enjoyed by children in camps across America. From xylophones, chimes, drums, to floor pianos, Percussion Play's instruments help to create an inclusive environment for everyone to play, learn, and importantly, have fun. Camps are creating musical gardens, providing a space to support children's self-confidence, social development, and growth. Percussion Play is committed to making musical expression accessible to everyone, everywhere. To see how outdoor musical instruments can transform your camp, go to percussionplay.com. Welcome to the Camp Wire podcast. My name is Lauren McMillan. I am the Public Relations and Communications Manager here at ACA, and I'm so excited to be joined by Danny Sudman of Green Camps. Danny Sudman is the founder and executive director of Green Camps. Growing up, Danny spent 16 summers at YMCA Camp Haynes in North Carolina, first as a camper and later as a camp counselor. After receiving his BA in sociology from North Carolina State University, He went on to join the leadership team at Catalina Island Camps, where he managed the Challenge Course program and served as an environmental educator. While on the island, he completed the Catalina Environmental Leadership Program, an initiative of the Jean-Michel Cousteau's Ocean Future Society. Danny founded Green Camps in 2014, believing 100% in the extraordinary ability of camp to inspire the next generation of eco-leaders. Danny is an active member of the American Camp Association and the Association of Environmental and Outdoor Educators. His service to the camp community was recognized in 2011 with the Rising Star Award and in 2014 with the Paul Summers Golden Acorn. And you can catch some of Green Camp's recent articles in the latest issues of Camping Magazine. Danny, welcome to the Camp Wire podcast. Thanks, Lauren. Great to be here. Yeah. So first, I mean, we just heard your incredible bio. I'm so impressed with your background. And I think this conversation will be really inspiring for for camp professionals and camp families, but also just anybody who has any interest in our planet at all. But I would love to learn more about your experience growing up, um, attending summer camps, working at camps. Tell us all about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I was a camp kid. Um, I went to YMCA campaigns in King, North Carolina, um, following in my brother's footsteps uh, as a camper. I think I was seven or eight years old my first summer out there, and I ended up staying there for about 12 years. I went uh, and worked at, at uh, campaigns and was a, a camper and a, a leadership, went through the CIT and leadership and training programs, and just really found a, a comfort and place in camp. Um, I love the environment of what camp does. I love the skills um, and the opportunities it provides for campers, and that just really hit home for me. So, I mean, before we even dive into the sustainability aspect, obviously, you know, camp itself is an amazing place and I support and advocate um, for everyone to go to camp and experience those things. Um, When I um, graduated college, um, I finished with a degree in sociology, wasn't really sure where I was going to go next with that. Um, I knew I wanted to go, you know, stay in camping to some degree and I got on Google and Google searched camps in California. I had a family in California and you know, California's the dream, right? So uh, the first thing that came up was Catalina Island Camps and um, they hired me on as their challenge course director. Uh, So I went out that summer in 2006 and ran their challenge course program, began learning even more skills uh, that has helped form kind of my approach to 
the sustainability challenge and how camps can support that. You know, we mentioned the leaders, the Catalina Environmental Leadership Program. Um, that's what really was formative in the development of green camps. Uh, basically, the, the premise in the, the CALP program was looking at the way in which nature functions on the principles of sustainability and then tying those lessons back into our camp. Um, so we would go hiking and snorkeling and look at these natural communities and look in ways in which sustainability was functioning from uh, waste reduction to energy conservation. You know, when you go out hiking, you don't see a landfill all the waste that's generated from leaves falling down or trees falling down, it cycles back into that system. Mm -hmm. And so we would try to bring those ideas and lessons back into the camp community. Uh, for example, we have a compost program that started with just a three by three foot trench where we would put food waste and compost it. Uh, today, I believe Catalina um, diverts about 20,000 pounds of waste from the landfill um, using, I think now there's like three 20 foot uh, by three foot trenches where all that wow. food waste goes. But the most important part of it, Lauren, is how we can engage campers in that process. So campers are involved in scraping their plates into the compost bucket and sorting landfill to compost waste, um, hauling the waste back to the garden area, dumping it, weighing it, uh, tracking and measuring, um, mixing it up, and then taking the final product and putting it in the garden to grow plants and such. So um, I was very fortunate that our camp directors really encouraged professional development and had a lot of opportunities to go really with ACA conferences um, in kind of the Southwest area where our camp was based to in, interact and engage with other camp professionals. Um, and in 2014, actually, I went to the Spring Leadership Conference uh, and presented on sustainability. Um, it was probably one of the longest presentations I gave, maybe like 40 or 50 pictures just of examples of what sustainability could look like in the camp industry. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a starting point. And, you know, again, it's funny to look back, um, back to 2014, where we were there um, and compare to where we've grown and, and what we've learned in that process and how uh, we feel confident in what we're providing to camps to support their sustainability goals. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And that's so cool. I mean, like right off the jump, getting into the benefits of, of introducing sustainability practices to campers at a young age. Um, I mean, I personally, I feel like I don't know that much about composting and I feel like maybe a lot of our listeners are have heard of it or like are unfamiliar with it and wouldn't even know where to begin, but what a valuable lesson to develop at camp in addition to, you know, all the other life skills that kids learn at camp. And that's just setting up such a strong foundation for, for, for being good stewards of our planet and, and taking care of the environment in which we're surrounded with. So that's incredible. So in 2014, you've been doing this for eight years now. Tell yep. us all about Green Camps. Just <laughs> just start start from the beginning. Give us the whole spiel. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess I'm a, you know, camp teaches us when you're a camp professional. So anyone who's a camp professional listening right now realizes how many hats that we wear and all the challenges we take on every day. I mean, you wake up and you just never know what challenge you're going to face that day. But with your team, uh, with the skills that you learn as a camp professional, you learn to approach the problem, figure out the solution and drive forward, because what other options do you have in the moment? Um, and so I started kind of taking that idea on as I went to these conferences and realized that there were still a long ways to go for sustainability practices in camps. You know, I hear about uh, the use of styrofoam in kitchens or the high waste that's being produced or high energy consumption, which I'm sure we can all relate to. 
And it's not an intention to make anyone feel bad for those things, right? Like we're trying to operate a camp and that's first and foremost our goal. So how do we integrate sustainability as a priority on top of all the other priorities that we have? And so that was kind of the, the opportunity that I saw to take the skills that I've learned and try to put something together. So my first step, um, I've been an ACA visitor um, since I started working on Catalina and I visited camps and I visited camps in other capacities and kind of see and hear the challenges that they're facing in their day to day efforts. Um, and I, I felt the first step was really benchmarking and kind of creating a standard for what a quote sustainable camp looked like. Mm -hmm. um, so I, as an ACA visitor, I understood the ACA um, standards uh, for accreditation. Um, I also studied the U.S. Green Building Council LEED accreditation program, or excuse me, LEED certification program uh, that sets best practices for green building standards. Um, I looked at the U.S. or the um, Green Business Bureau and other organizations that were trying to set best practices to give some sort of like a baseline uh, for camps to look at and then understand how they could move forward on their goals. Um, so. <laughs> over the, the first couple of years, that was the goal to develop an accreditation program all of, throughout all the different areas of sustainability and how we can measure those um, and move forward up the ladder to become accredited. Um, through a couple reviews that I did uh, with ACA staff and camp professionals, the response at that time was it was they weren't ready for it. I think the camp industry mm -hmm. was interested, and I think most people still today will agree that sustainability is important, but how do we balance again the investment and prioritizing sustainability on top of everything else? Right. Um, so, so we started with that. Um, I really continued with outreach education. I think that was has been the most beneficial way to better understand where the camp industry is at, get face to face with camp professionals and camp associations, and understand what does sustainability mean and look like to you. What are your barriers? What are the motivators that are going to push you forward so that we can continue on our end at Green Camps to develop the resources to support that effort? So fast forward to where we are today, and especially over the last couple of years, we really backed off on communication in the last couple of years because of all the challenges COVID brought up. Mm -hmm. And we kind of felt that maybe email correspondence or connection with Green Camps might not have been what camps were looking for. Um, I did publish a blog post about single-use plastics because that was something that I saw through my travels over COVID at camps that we were having to switch over for the health and safety of our campers and staff to right. single use plastics. Um, so, you know, we were still doing some work, but we really looked inward, which I think a lot of organizations did over uh, the pandemic to look at new innovative approaches to overcome the challenges that we were facing. So from that, um, we took that accreditation model and simplified it into a five-step certification program. Uh, the idea being, you know, I can provide hundreds of resources like I I have a whole folder just on compost resources Lauren I could get you up to speed on composting right away but <laughs> I think there's an endless amount of resources on the Internet like you can find all that stuff on your own mm -hmm. as well, so rather than develop resources that are already out there that you can find and access. We looked at how can we build teams, how can we build the culture of an organization to support sustainability. Um, in my outreach efforts, I find a lot of champions. So somebody at a camp, a staff member or a leadership member who loves sustainability, they're all about a compost program and they drive it forward. But without the support of the organization at every single level, 
a lot of those efforts are going to fall short, unfortunately. Right. So our approach really looks at the team approach. How can we form a team, bring people to the table, have a conversation about what sustainability means, what it looks like to your organization? Because for some organizations, you might have people that are advocating. I know I keep talking about composting, but it's a great example. But your support staff or your kitchen staff might have some really good reasons and, and hurdles to implementing a compost program. So by bringing everyone together, you can really look at what those opportunities are, understand the challenges, and then really um, delineate what does that journey look like for us. So instead of swimming in this pool of resources, we can just pull out what we're going to work on, what we're going to focus on, so we can celebrate those successes um, and really build a framework. Um, that'll allow us to move forward and access those benefits of sustainability. Right. I think that's such a good point. There, there are so many resources and the internet is just kind of a black hole of options that people can look into. And I think that is A, so wonderful, but B, can also be extremely overwhelming. And I feel like people, especially camps as businesses and operators might not know exactly which resources to, to trust or which ones to go with. And then like, how do we implement them? Where is this money coming from? So I think developing a program that is very kind of gets to the core of the camp's philosophy and their people and looking at it from a team supportive approach is so much more doable and to, for lack of a better term, sustainable in the long run. But I want to back up real quick and I would love to hear your thoughts on just at a baseline level, why why do you think camps and camp professionals, why would they want to consider, and this may just be like a very basic, obvious question, but why would they need to consider going green or, or developing sustainable programs or why should this even be on their radar? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I, I think that's a question that each organization should ask themselves as well when you sit down and have that conversation. What are our motivators? What are the barriers that we're facing? What are the opportunities there? Um, I, I kind of simplify that answer um, into the triple bottom line, which I think does a great job of, of really defining sustainability in my eyes. Um, so if you take three concentric circles and mm -hmm. each circle you put uh, people in one, the planet in another, and then profit in that third one, where those circles overline in the middle where all three of those intersect, that is a sustainable decision. So when you think about how do our decisions and our philosophies impact the people, so our campers, our staff, um, and that's comfort as well, right? Like you could put in low flow shower heads that are just trickling out, but that's not gonna benefit the people. That's not a sustainable solution. Mm -hmm. um, so how can we benefit the people that we're impacting? Um, how can we benefit the planet? Um, we're all aware of all the challenges with climate change and all the other things that we're seeing as our climate, as our planet continues to be impacted by our impact there. And then lastly, I think is the economic or the bottom line, which is usually the driving force for a lot of organizations to make decisions because at the end of the day, we're businesses, right? And we want to stay in business. We want to continue offering these experiences for our campers. So I think looking at the way we impact the people, uh, the, the planet, as well as our bottom line can really help answer those questions in a, in a more directed way, as opposed to just kind of throwing it up into the cloud and kind of walking around the issues. I think it does delineate some of that. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about, about the, the different circles and where they overlap. Cause I think, I don't know, other people might have thoughts of like, oh, well, if we're going to focus on like being more climate friendly, that has to be its own category altogether. And it's like, well, are we now just focusing on environmentalism or are we still like, there's, there's an overlap. And I love the idea that they can all blend seamlessly together and, 
and that there can be some overlap there. They don't always blend seamlessly, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. an organization is really just going to hold on to the bottom line piece of it. But when you consider it, you know, if you're buying equipment for your camp, for example, and you just buy the cheapest equipment that you can buy, like arrows. I ran our archery range for a long time, and we would buy really, really cheap arrows, get great deals on them. But the rate at which those arrows, the fledge, the, the little knocks on them and the tips and the, the feathers on them would fall apart, it was not a financially smart decision to make. And we learned that and we changed that process um, and even salvaged some of the ones that fell apart there to do that. So I really think it's, it's about decision making. It's about how you make your decisions and where you're spending your money um, to benefit all those different areas. Right. And I think another point that camps, especially ACA accredited camps are so focused on is the health, safety, and risk management of campers and staff. And I think, I think if camps and camp professionals kind of put the climate and thinking about the earth in that same way, like the health of the earth, the safety of the earth, risk management to make sure that we're not harming the planet even more so. I mean, I think it can fall. I think that mind shift can make it a little bit more easy to digest when thinking about, okay, how do we start developing and implementing these programs? How do we make them part of the bottom line and, and just make it part of the culture at camp? I think that's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. And it's, it's a challenge. I mean, it, it really is a challenge. And, you know, I, I'm a challenge course practitioner. So I work for a company that does uh, training for low ropes and high ropes courses. And I build teams and I, I help them facilitate experiences on ropes course. And that's really heavily influenced the way in which I, I, I see organizations being able to implement sustainability is we can look at the challenge, put that challenge to a group of diverse thinkers with different ideas. Um, and thinking, how does this align with our mission of our organization and set them to that challenge? That's what we do as camp professionals. So if you kind of shift into that challenge, <laughs> that challenge mentality of how can we work together to overcome these challenges and do it in a smart way, I think it can be really, really helpful. And, you know, even when you're you're trying to cross the uh, the lava river using the little the patches that we used to go across the river there, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. But how can we learn from those mistakes? so that we can be better about it. And how can we learn from other people as well? I mean, if other camps, if our industry moves in this direction, consider how much we can learn from each other and not have to make mistakes that other camps have made as they've gone down that journey as well. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Even though we might be on different campuses and in different parts of the country, we are all on the same planet. So we are truly all in this together and we can support each other and, and learn along the way. I love that. So, there are a few different reasons why, and of course there are surely many more, but um, several reasons why camps may go green and what does that look like? And we can touch on all of these or if one of these stands out more than the others for what you see with camps, um, then I'd love to, to kind of elaborate on those. But one is to save money. Two is to model green behavior change, which I would love to learn all about because I know that's something that y'all are big into, um, to nurture healthy campers and staff, to reduce environmental impact and green branding, which I would love to know more about that as well. So actually, let's just go back to the top about saving money. And I think that when, kind of like we've been talking about, when camps are considering new programs and ways of, of operating and, and going about things, they may all they may see is like the dollar signs that come along with the cost of that. But why on the flip side, why would going green and becoming more sustainable at camp? Why would they help that that help them save money in the long run? Yeah, I mean, I think it boils down to resource consumption. I mean, the resources 
resource is a broad term. I mean, it's everything we need in order to run our operations. Um, and those things cost money. Um, I think some of the easier areas to look at when it comes to saving money are through utilities. So consumption of water, energy, and then waste production as well is actually a big factor as well. Um, so, you know, it, it can be hard to just look at it for face value and say, how are we gonna save money? And there, again, there's work to be done in order to really calculate those. Um, I've developed calculators that would allow you to go into your building, count how many light bulbs there are, for example, um, enter what your electricity rate is, the average operation of those light bulbs, and it will run numbers to say what your current you know, usage um, and what your cost is to run those light bulbs. Um, you can dig in a little bit more to utility data to better understand where your baseline is. And that data will then say, okay, if we're at this, you know, we're, we're using 100,000 kilowatt hours a year, for example, and we can look at, well, there's some areas in which we could cut that use. What if we could cut it by 20%? And get down to 80,000 kilowatt hours a year, then we can then calculate what that financial savings is going to look like. And we've got some clear data to go off of to say, you know, rather than we're going to save money this year, we're going to reduce water consumption, we're going to reduce energy consumption. Let's figure out what our baseline is. Let's calculate what our goal is to do that 20% or 10% reduction. And then we can figure out what that return on investment will be. And then we implement actions in order to reach those goals. And again, at the end of the day, we can then measure those goals and say, hey, you know, we aim for 20%, we only got down to 15%, but this was still our return on investment and this is what we've learned along the way. Mm -hmm. So we can then reduce those consumptions. Um, there's great technology out there that you can get real-time data about energy consumption, which I think is awesome to be able to get your phone, your smartphone to alert you if your average energy consumption spikes in a certain building um, to give you that real-time data to take action to reduce that. Um, and you know, we'll talk about green behavior next. That's a lot of the green behavior thing is what, how, what can we do, what actions can we take to change our behaviors around consumption that really don't cost anything, but mm -hmm. then can actually bring benefit in in the reduction of that consumption of resources. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. Um, I, I would love to learn more about this calculator that you developed. Like, what? That's amazing. Um, but also, I think that's so exciting. You're exactly right. There's so much technology out there that I'm sure people just aren't even aware of. I certainly wasn't until just moments ago. And thinking about how if campers kind of see this behavior modeled for them while they're at camp, they can then take that information home and and it just the benefits just spread and kind of have a have a trickle effect back into their everyday lives. So Let's touch on green behavior. You kind of mentioned it a little bit just now. How would you define green behavior? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's using kind of the triple bottom line to make our decisions. If I could boil it down to the most simplistic sense mm -hmm. of it. And I, you know, again, we mentioned earlier, camps already teach those 21st century learning skills that I think are necessary in order to inspire behavior change generally, but even you know, green behavior change is more steeped in that as well. If we can allow campers to use critical thinking and problem solving skills to better understand what the challenges of our sustainability, then they can take those lessons and they change their behavior. So one of my favorite examples and super simple, but at waste stations at camp. So if you have a place where you collect trash, if instead of just having a trash can, if you could have a trash can, a recycling bin, and maybe even a compost bin, and have some really engaging educational signage. 
I think signage is one of the most powerful, powerful forms of education because mm -hmm. as an educator, I don't have to stand in front of someone. It's, I, I, don't wanna ex I don't want my biases to influence someone. I want my campers and the staff members that I work with to come to their decisions on their own. I mean, how, how much is that such a big issue in society where we're trying to curve someone's ideas or behaviors? At the end of the day, it's, it's your decision to change your behavior. Right. So if we see a camper standing at that waste station holding a plastic bottle and they're looking at the sign that explains what waste is with a landfill, recycling the benefits and composting, and they make that decision to put that plastic bottle in the recycling bin, then that's green behavior change. And mm -hmm. as a result of that experience, we hope that it's going to trickle down beyond the camp experience to when they return home. And they're going to be more likely to have those uh, green behaviors when they're back home as well. Um, and I think camps have a great opportunity to set up really engaging and practical solutions to sustainability that can really educate and empower campers to make those decisions and change those things. Um, I, I like solar power or solar panels, for example. You know, I've been to camps that have huge solar arrays, and I think that's great. I think it's a great way to reduce our energy or to divert our um, fossil, fossil fuel dependence for energy. But to me, I'd almost rather see just like one or two solar panels with a really robust education station that shows in real time the energy that those solar panels are gathering and putting back into the grid, um, understand what solar energy is, and understand the opportunities for future careers in alternative energies as well. Um, because I think that interaction can really provide you know, a practical understanding of what it looks like. Because we don't have all those opportunities. We see solar panels when we're mm -hmm. driving around or the wind turbines and such, but even other technologies. Um, I was at a camp in Texas, uh, Texas that had a biogas digester. And basically they put their food waste in it. The food waste bake, uh, breaks down and creates methane. The methane is captured from this device, is stored, and there's actually like a cooking stove built into the biogas oh. digester where you can use the um, that captured methane to cook on it. And what a cool thing to, to show how we yes. can capture this otherwise wasted resource and implement it and engage campers in that process. And I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think there's so many other educational opportunities. So I encourage camps, anytime you take a step in the direction of sustainability, how can you engage and educate your campers and your staff um, to participate in that? Um, and I think that goes back to the saving money thing as well. In looking at programming, camps are looking for innovative programming and programming can be really expensive as well. So if you can tie the investment into a sustainable solution into a really robust education opportunity, I think it can make sense financially in that regard as well. Yes, and also using, in a sense, using resources that they already have, like that camp in Texas, taking something that they would have done anyway and just kind of tweaking it a little bit but to make it something that is much more environmentally friendly and makes a greater impact, not only on the planet, but also on the people at camp. I think that's that's so cool. And I think that ties right into this idea of nurturing healthy campers and staff. Yeah, I mean, what a what a big piece. And I know ACA has done a lot of push on this and, and I think it's super important as well. Um, I, I, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, the planet, right? Like the planet is what we rely upon to provide us life and sustenance and nurture us. And so being able at the base level to protect the planet that provides us all the resources and things that we need to live our quality of life, I think is a baseline for it. 
um, you know, looking at the products and the, the things that we bring into our camp as well can have health implications. Um, I wrote a blog article a couple years ago about DIY green cleaning products. Uh, I presented at a, the North American uh, Food and Maintenance Conference as well up in New York a while back ago um, about this idea of green cleaning products. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how many chemicals and things are in our, green, in our cleaning products that we don't even realize and that mm -hmm. these companies aren't even required to disclose in these products and the health implications of those. So, you know, changing over all your cleaning supplies to green, like non-toxic, might not be a solution for everyone, but even understanding that, you know, there are opportunities that we could use alternative cleaning uh, products and ideas to kind of move away from that. Um, the food that we're eating, um, if we think about, you know, organic and locally sourced produce um, and foods, the, you know, you are what you eat. And there's lots mm -hmm. of studies that, that show the impact of the types of diets that we're consuming um, on the quality of life, on the longevity of our life and, and other health impacts that that can have. And I mean, food is such at the core of any camp, right? Like you go to a camp, I know in our, in our reviews, like you always hear about the food. Um, and I personally think like the local organic produce and things like that are really delicious. I think it, it, it really adds to the quality of that food service program and how you can implement that. And going back to kind of the green behavior change and educating, you know, we would look at our product, our, our list of ordering from Cisco and, and United Foods where we're getting our, our food such um, and look at prices and fluctuation. Because oftentimes you could look locally and find cheaper rates on, on produce and, and uh, meats and, and other things locally in your community that are healthier, that are organic um, and that are local. And you can bring those into your food service program and then highlight those like we would have little markers on organic produce when we had organic strawberries that would come in there'd be a little organic sign on there and again it's that you can balance the cost of it sometimes it's going to cost a little bit more to do that but you can really balance those things out so mm -hmm. i think food service and cleaning products um, are two really good examples of that but you know i think generally the health of our campers and staff is reflected upon um, the exposure to the chemicals and toxins and things, which can be really scary. And, and again, I, I advocate to start small, like don't go in and try to wipe everything out and do it more. Right. Day. Yeah. Get to your organization and say, what are the ways, what are some of the low hanging fruits that we can provide a healthier space for our campers and staff? And let's focus on those. Let's start with that. Um, if that's a priority for us to move forward. Yeah. I love that idea of incorporating food services with some of your local farmers or or even like if there's an opportunity to incorporate like your farmer's market with your camp. And of, like you said, it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing. Like you can do introduce like little things here and there. And it makes me think of uh, a camp that I attended. I don't even know how old I was, maybe like 11. One of the most profound memories I have from that camp is this, this garden that they had and like gardening was one of their activities and, and just learning, um, about growing your own food and how it's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there is a, a tremendous kind of trend in growing your own food nowadays, which I think is wonderful, but even just like as a young camper and being able to eat like the mint leaves off of a mint plant. I mean, that just, that just really stuck with me and it, it made a big impact and it kind of, it, pardon the pun, planted a seed for like thinking about that, like as I've grown older and like having a much stronger appreciation for like locally grown or even, even the pride that kids can take in growing their own food and tending to it and learning how to, 
how to care for something like that. Even starting small can have such a fantastic domino effect. And yeah, I love the idea of just like finding little ways here or there and, and maybe like thinking creatively about it. Like it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a burden. It doesn't have to be a chore, but uh, understanding the bigger picture and seeing how can we make this fun and engaging and something that campers and staff and families want to keep going um, and continuing. Well, and, and I think, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of camps with gardens and, and I, again, starting small is important, but I think the other bigger picture in this of why camps should go green, there are a lot of opportunities to build relationships within your community. So if mm -hmm. you can find a local farm, um, a local, you know, organizations that would support what you're doing and just say, hey, we're forming a green team. We want to pursue sustainability. You know that you have an organic farm. Would you like to come in and sit at our meeting? And who knows what can come of those relationships that you can really get a reduced cost on some of your produce. And again, going back to the economic piece of it, um, it's going to benefit your, the campers and it's going to be an environmental benefit to switch away from those um, stamp, those kind of monoculture mono crops that we're often consuming. Yes. And then you get into, I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole with this, but then we get into like the, the mental and physical health benefits of like kids, like getting their hands dirty and like really, really interacting with nature and again, all good things. <laughs> so I think that leads beautifully into um, the next point, which is reducing environmental impact. And you touched on that some, but is there anything else you'd like to kind of add to that one? Yes. You know, I was, uh, I did a, a, a staff training um, at Blue Star Camps down in Hendersonville, North Carolina. We had probably had like 70 or 80 other staff come together and we were talking about modeling green behavior. And at the end of that session, one of the staff members walked over to me and he said, Danny, does this really matter? Like in the long run, is this really going to impact and protect our planet? And it was a great question because the scale of what we're trying to accomplish, I mean, I, I think we could do large scale things and have considerable impact. But to me, it's more of the long term impact of what we teach and instill in our campers and staff that they're going to take home to their home communities that are going to really cause that big change. I mean, how many campers have we, our camps impacted that are doctors and lawyers or politicians or, you know, any job for that matter, they're going to influence their community that are going to influence decision makers um, to take those larger steps because it is going to take a much larger um, cohesive effort to really reduce the overall impact um, of our actions on the planet. But we, as you mentioned before, we can plant those seeds and we mm -hmm. can really spur those, those, those changes in there. And I think that the larger opportunity is the camp industry. If we come together around this idea of sustainability, we can become a model for what sustainability looks like to influence our local communities and really drive some of those larger changes. Um, yeah, I, I could I could dig a lot more on that as well, but I, I think that's the gist of it. I think we are inspiring that green behavior change that will then lead to those larger impacts, but not to reduce a camp's opportunity to really have large impacts in their actions, um, because I, I think that's worth considering as well. I think you make a really good point too about um, like, yes, there are some larger scale things that that need to happen around environmentalism and sustainability and, and climate change and all of that. And I think it can be so easy to like hear those headlines or to, to learn about how like a lot of plastic isn't recyclable and then to, to become discouraged and think like, well, why even, why even bother if, if we're not doing anything that's making an impact? But I love your point about purely just like the educational piece 
at a baseline and then like letting that kind of be a driving force and, and letting those little seeds spread around. I think that's incredibly encouraging because again, going back to like how there are so many resources, it's, it can be very overwhelming and almost, um, almost discouraging, but I like the idea of kind of changing that thought and making it more of an exciting opportunity to think like, well, what can we learn and how can we use that information to help us move forward in a positive way? Absolutely. Yeah. And then the last point here, what is green branding? Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, this is one I've had a lot of conversations about lately. Um, You know, to me, it's, it's kind of a stamp of approval, right? So I know when anyone asks me about camps, like where should I send my camper to summer camp? What camp should I choose? I always say, go to ACA, go to the website and look for accredited camps. It's a good mm-hmm. baseline to understand their meeting to, for the most part, they're exceeding a lot of the local standards in which, you know, best practices for youth development. So that is, that's, that's the branding piece of it to exemplify an organization to say, hey, we've checked all these boxes and this is how we operate and these are our requirements and all those things there. Um, so green branding, I, I think is similar in order to highlight and say, this is what our organization has done to move forward our sustainability efforts. Um, and there's a danger in, in this because a lot of organizations, there's, there's also this term of greenwashing where you could pick up um, a product at a grocery store and it's got like a green recycling symbol on it, or it has, um, you know, some, some, some green symbol on there that might make you think that, oh, this is a more sustainable option. And I feel comfortable confident that most people when they look between two object or two products and one of them is green quote green and the other one is standard they're going to choose that green one if financially they're able to do that and it makes sense in their current in their current situation so to me the green branding is it it highlights an item a product a service or a good to say this is this has been de- delivered to you in the most sustainable manner possible um, so greenwashing comes into play when those stamps don't really, you know, have a lot of credibility. There's not a lot of rigor involved in in putting that green branding on there, um, which can be dangerous. Um, and so I guess overarching the, the benefit of the green branding is there is a lot of interest from parents, from campers, from staff members. And I hear this stuff and I'll highlight some of these things in the articles that we wrote for ACA Camping Magazine that there is an interest from parents and from campers and staff to see more sustainability. So if our camps can take this green action and then we can highlight those actions in a certification or some some sort of certificate to demonstrate that we've taken these steps and we're pursuing sustainability, I think that can really go a long ways in bringing in um, either returning campers and, and camper families or bringing in new ones and highlighting and setting your organization apart from someone who might not be um, having sustainability as a priority in their organization. Mm-hmm. So let's let's shift gears just a little bit. I want to hear more about the certification program. Awesome. Well, that's my favorite thing because I've been <laughs> I've been working on the certification program for a really long time. Um, and you know, as I mentioned, the accreditation program was kind of the antithesis to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was so overwhelming. It was it was a lot. And I look back on it now as like, what was I thinking? Oh, no. <laughs> to do all that. But that being said, it was worth it was worthwhile work. I learned a lot through that process. Yeah. And that accreditation model that we put together is now going to be future phases and will help us grow upon what we've developed in our certification program. So, 
you know, certification, accreditation, it's just vernacular. Right? I think generally the idea is we wanted to create a process that would facilitate any camp, regardless of where they are currently in their sustainability efforts and goals, uh, the challenges that they're facing. We wanted kind of an entry point in and for camps that are even further along the way and have already you know, pushed into sustainability territory to be able to really build a framework. You know, when we build a structure, we need a solid framework in order to support whatever it is that we build. I love using Legos as an analogy because I, I played with Legos a lot as a kid and I love building stuff with Legos, like just bringing all these different resources together and envisioning, creating a vision and building something together. So what we've done is look at, if I were to go in and work with a camp directly, these are the five steps that I would walk them through to help them build that framework. Mm -hmm. um, so basically we wanna start by collecting data. As we mentioned, like establishing a baseline to understand those opportunities. Um, so we've created um, a green survey, a needs assessment might be another way to put it, to really just answer some questions to understand what are the opportunities at our organization? Because there are a lot of opportunities in energy, water, waste, food system, landscaping, transportation, dot, 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 right? So the survey will go through and ask questions. We'll, we'll stick with composting, right? So the, the question could be, do you compost? And the answers would be, yes, we compost. No, we don't compost. Yes, we compost what we'd like to do more. Or no, we don't compost what we'd like to or other, whatever those other things are. And so what that does is it takes and it, it starts to trim down all those different opportunities and highlight and focus where those are. I think one of the most interesting things that I found in communicating with camps as they go through this process is not realizing those opportunities were there um, around energy consumption or you know looking through utility data to track and establish baseline. So hopefully these questions are gonna bring awareness of the opportunities that are there, as well as start to chop some of the things off the table so you can really focus on those opportunities. Uh, the next step is to form a team. Um, again, I, teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> teamwork makes the sustainability dream work, how about yes. that? And I, I can't convey enough how important it is to have a team of individuals at and around your organization sit down at the table and have a conversation. Bring your support staff in, bring your kitchen staff in, bring board members in, uh, campers, camp staff, camper parents, all of these individuals. I've led green team meetings with camps around the country, and I've had campers and camp staff members and camp alumni come to the table. And it's really putting that challenge in their court and understanding, again, the survey now understands where our opportunities are, our low-hanging fruits. And then we can look into our organization internally to say, what are our goals? What does sustainability mean and look like to us? The next step is to create a sustainability plan. Um, you know, you've got all the information, we gotta make a plan. Um, plans don't always go as, as we would like them to, but by writing your goals down, having some amount of timeline in place, it allows you to track your progress. And you know, if, your goal, if you don't reach your goal for that summer, you can reassess that, understand what the limitations were, and then reset that goal. So just the act of writing our goals down can be really helpful 
in accomplishing them. And it gives a larger understanding of what your goals are um, to communicate with campers and camper families and say, you know, that's kind of that, that green branding that we can go on. So once you have a sustainability plan in place, share it with everybody. Hey, we're pursuing sustainability. We know it's a hard journey. We know we don't have all the answers in place, but this is the plan that, plan that we have in place. And this is how you can support us as a camper, as a camper family, as a staff member. This is how you can support those goals. The next step is uh, putting proposals together. So we've shifted on this. I brought in um, a committee of folks to help guide the development of these, um, uh, these certification steps. Um, I, we have researchers from Children and Nature Network. Um, I have a staff member from the US Green Building Council who's been on staff for 14 years, and they really help create the balance between the rigor and accessibility of what the certification program does. And so rather than the next step be go install a garden or you know go put a solar panel in, I want them to write up proposals. So ask the questions, how much is this gonna cost? Who needs to be involved? How are we gonna educate our campers? What questions do we not have the answers to? You know, just to really put it together and have it written on a piece of paper that you can bring to the executive director, that you can bring to the board and say, here's our proposal that's gonna to lead to accomplishing our sustainability goals as we move forward. And then lastly is just to share. You know, I, I think as we build more case studies and I've got amazing case studies and examples of what camps have done around the country, it's really inspiring um, to see how much they're reducing their environmental impact, to see how they're engaging their campers with these ideas and sometimes how much money they're saving through these actions there. So. That is, that's the baseline. And as a result of completing these steps, the idea is we now have a baseline. We've got a team of dedicated individuals within our organization. We have a plan to move forward with, um, and we can then move forward to the next steps of actually implementing those um, proposals, which leads to further steps on there. But again, one step at a time, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, exactly. I think that's fantastic. And when did the certification program launch? So I um I'm actually on like the third iteration. Um, okay. We we work um, Salesforce is our CRM. That's where mm -hmm. we do all our database management and such. And if you're a nonprofit, they're a great organization to work with. Um, I've been told it's kind of like the Mercedes of CRM or not Mercedes, <laughs> some high end car. <laughs> all we really need is a Toyota Corolla, right, to get to where we're going. So throughout the last several years, the developing the tool to facilitate the certification process, we've really simplified it down. Just this past spring, um, we kind of finalized working with our Salesforce administrators and pro bono volunteers that have helped develop all this process out. So we finished just before the 2022 camp season began, uh, which is not a great time to launch something <laughs> because everybody's swamped. So we've been continuing to refine it. We have you know, 20 or so camps that are going through the process right now to continue giving us feedback because we want this to continue to grow. It's an organic process that we want the feedback um, and understanding how we can continue to, to benefit camps. But we're really, the launch is going to take place um, in November. Uh, I guess right now, the, the launch will take place right now as we're highlighting the efforts of green camps through the articles that we're launching, through the research that we re recently conducted. Um, to provide data and incentive and understanding why going green is important, understanding the attitudes and behaviors currently in camps, 
Um, so our, our goal is that, you know, through 2022 and into 2023, we're going to get, you know, a good number of camps to go through that process to build the credibility behind it and continue growing and flexing around the needs of camps to make sure that this certification program is a reflection of what camps need, um, what they want, and is demonstrating the benefits that, that are, we intend to, to show as a result of going through the program. I love it. I will be sure to include in the show notes all the links to how people can learn more about the certification program, as well as all those additional resources. Awesome. Real quick, I would love to learn about, so I think that what a lot of camps are seeing, and of course we're seeing this everywhere, is you know additional extreme weather patterns and stronger storms and a lot of camps out west dealing with wildfires. And I think in many ways it can probably feel Again, going back to the idea of like being really overwhelming, maybe discouraging. Camps might feel like, oh, it's too late to to make any kind of positive change or positive impact. What are ways, and maybe it's through the research that you all are doing or the resources and memberships that you all provide. What are ways that that camps can a not feel discouraged but feel really encouraged and excited about what they can do? But maybe some actionable steps or research that they can dive into. What are ways that camps can prepare for these kind of weather events and changes and environmental changes? How can they adapt? How can they make a positive impact? And again, that that is all a very broad umbrella. But what can they do today to feel more empowered in what they're doing? and empowered and taking a step forward. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think these are three really good steps to provide a really focused area. Obviously, there there is a lot. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges um, in pursuing sustainability is it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, A, get your team together, bring people to the table to join in on the conversation and make a plan. Um, it doesn't have to be a perfect plan, but at least have something so that you're not just shooting in the dark. You have something on paper that's going to guide your efforts. It's going to keep you focused because if you just go for it blindly, you know, you can, you'll have some positive impacts. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle just taking action and, and doing mm -hmm. things, but if you really make a plan, then it's going to allow you to celebrate your milestones. Um, or understand what's inhibiting you from meeting those goals and making those milestones. Um, I really think preparing and bringing your team together, making that plan and implementing that plan will really be a good solid place um, to communicate to your organization that we, we're doing something. We're not just sitting on our hands here. Um, and I, and I, I really hope that our certification program is going to support that process, but you don't have to go through a certification program to do any of this stuff. Um, we share a lot of our resources publicly to help camps form green teams and go through a lot of these steps. We share all those resources and we want camps to just take the steps and start moving forward and take some action. Um, so I think that's a good step there. Um, uh, you know, adapting camps are unique. Um, and I think their solutions should be unique as well. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that we can't just take a nice pretty box with a bow on it, slide it across the table to all the different camps, they open it up and voila, you're sustainable. Um, mm -hmm. It really has to be an individual journey. I think a lot of the, there probably are a lot of crossover resources and actions that are gonna apply to all camps, but you know, I, I'd, I'd be hesitant to say, you know, do what all the other camps are doing, learn from what other camps are doing, understand the challenges and opportunities there, understand trends in the camp industry, um, and again, our research um, project that we did in the spring of 2021 
I think is a really good place to start and look at where the camp industry is right now uh, re relative to their attitudes and behaviors towards sustainability so that you can better understand and then make decisions to adapt um, that reflect the uniqueness of your organization. And then lastly, you know, I, I mentioned kind of campers, right? Like that's this is the reason we're in this business is to have positive experiences and, and growing um, opportunities, lifelong lessons for our campers as they come to our programs. So how can you utilize sustainable initiatives and action at your camp to send campers home with the tools, the knowledge, and the skills to implement change back in their communities? And I think regard overarching, that's, that's really the baseline. So you don't have to build a garden or install solar panels in order to do that. Um, there are tons of activities and games that your staff, that your one or two weeks of staff training should prepare your staff to be able to facilitate these things. And, you know, I know you'd said you, you'll share some of these resources, but I have tons of activities and games that I've adapted from traditional team building to implement, um, to build conversation around sustainability. Um, one of my favorite ones, there's a blog article on it called the Equidistance Game. So you start with a room of folks, you can have 15, 20. I did this with 120 people. I tell everyone, you're gonna choose any two people in this room. Don't let them know that you chose them. If you let them know, choose two new people. Once you have your two people, your goal is to position yourself equal distance from those two people. So that could be in a straight line. So one person's 10 foot to your right, one person's 10 foot to your left, or it could be in a triangle, as long as you're equal distance from them. And then I say, go. So all craziness ensues. You can imagine people swirling around, trying to line up with their people. And at the end of the activity, because the debrief is really where the quality of these team building activities come, but we ask, you know, who is influencing your decisions? Who did you influence? And ultimately, everybody was influencing everybody, but directly influencing you were the two people you had your eyes on. Mm -hmm. So I like to tie that into a conversation about who will influence your green behaviors? Who influences you to recycle, to pick up trash? And when you do those actions, who are you influencing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I share the story. I had a, there's a camp, uh, one of our program staff members, everywhere we went, she would pick up trash. And it was just like, that was her thing. She never, she didn't do it for the glory. She didn't do it to, you know, hey, I'm picking up trash. You should pick up trash. But that really influenced me. And she didn't even know it. I think I've probably told her since then. But just her behavior of picking up trash was a strong influence on me. So if you think about a room of 120 people and the influence and the millions of campers that we as camp professionals influence every single year, mm -hmm. that's a lot of opportunity to influence that change. And again, it doesn't take money. It doesn't take implementing a garden or big sustainability projects to do that. So work with what you've got. You know, we invest a ton in our staff. That is one of the most valuable times of staff training. And if you can find just a little bit of time to implement some opportunity to talk about sustainability, the opportunity for staff members to influence that. Um, and I can direct you to another ACA Camping Magazine article that we wrote on how staff can influence green behavior changing campers. I think that's really one of the biggest wins that we can have um, that takes the least amount of time, energy, and money for camps to really make that positive impact on their campers. That's so good. I love it. Yes. And again, we'll be sure to include all of those links. And I think that is such an encouraging and exciting note to kind of wrap this conversation up on is, is start where you are. And it doesn't, it does not have to take much in order to have 
a long lasting positive impact. And I think it is so encouraging for camps and camp professionals to hear that this is work that is, I mean, it's just like anything with camp, the camp industry, it is a business, there is work involved, but it is all good. And, and this is way more doable, I think, than people may have initially thought, or at least I hope that by the end of this podcast conversation, they've learned that it is it is much more within reach than they may have initially thought. And I think that, that can be incredibly exciting, especially as they're, you know, this time of year, they're thinking about and making plans for the upcoming summer. And like, how can they, again, maybe making like a few different shifts with their staff training, with their, with their their waste bins, how they have their signage, any little thing that they can think about to, to start making those little positive changes and just, and to be encouraged and excited about where that positive domino effect can lead. So with that, Danny, are there any, is there anything else you'd like to share? Any, anything that we did not touch on? I know we could, this flew by, (laughs) I feel like we could keep talking about this for hours, which is great. Um, but anything else you'd like to share, um, for now, and we may just need to bring you back on for a follow-up episode, but anything else? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is let's, let's build, I don't, I'm not going to say even start anymore because the conversation has started, you know, people are talking about this and I hear it. I get in inquiries from camps all the time. What can we do to go green? You know, our board member said we need to be more green. Where do we start? What do we do? Um, so have a conversation, um, ACA got a listserv going, um, that, that has a conversations around sustainability. So that's one point of access, um, green camps. Uh, we have our Facebook page at go green camps that we encourage camps to come in and have that conversation. I really think talking about it and understanding where people are at and sharing resources is going to be one of the biggest things that we can do for the health and benefit of our community. Um, you know, write or call your association, tell them that you're interested in sustainability, ask for the resources, because that's going to help build organizational capacity for these associations to provide and support camps um, in this challenging process. Because I don't, I don't want to oversimplify this stuff. Like it's not, I, I, I hope that our process and what we've developed will simplify a lot of the challenges, perceived challenges that come up with this. But you know, it is still going to be a challenge. And so the more the more we can get associations and organizations to support and buy into this stuff, I think the, the more we're going to take those hurdles out. So I would say the biggest thing is join the conversation. Um, I'm always one of my favorite things about this, about launching green camps, um, among all the challenges and struggles that we've over that we've kind of worked through is talking with camp people, learning what their challenges are, sharing resources, and then just the response of, that's a really interesting idea. That's really simple that we can do. Um, so have the conversation, reach out to me, um, connect with other, there are other organizations that are pursuing sustainability, um, but we're proud that we've really come up with the camp industry's first green certification so that we can highlight those efforts because when you put energy and effort into something, you should be recognized for it. And I think that's an important piece of it. And we wanna recognize the efforts of camps, um, camp associations in pursuing this stuff. So let's continue the conversation. Let's keep it going. Yes. Keep it going. Keep it building. Danny Sudman, you're doing fantastic work. Keep it up. And I would love to encourage all of our camps to do the same. So thank you so much for coming on to the Camp Wire podcast. Thanks for having me, Lauren. It's been a pleasure. 
And thank you for tuning in to today's episode. For more information, check out the links in the show notes. As always, you can follow ACA at ACA Camps across social media platforms. And finally, be sure to subscribe to the Camp Wire podcast so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes.